0: Hey everybody, this is P. Norman Grant, the Slim Jim, and another edition of the Grapefruit Agenda, where we summarize, analyze, criticize, scrutinize, but don't subsidize what passes for the news on the Treasure Coast, the state of Florida, and around the country. Why Grapefruit? Because we're sweet on conservatism and sour on liberalism. And today's episode is entitled, Illegal Enablers. Now, a couple of months ago, we had an addition on the neighbors. Our people from Bolivia are neighbors. How can our neighbors be 3,000 miles away? Some people think that we should be housing our neighbors who live all over the world. So when we see these shots on the news in New York City, Chicago, D.C., of the buses coming with what they call migrants, we might call them uh, invaders. They could be... Immigrants, they could be new Americans. That's what today's podcast is about. Some people want them to be new Americans instead of just migrants or immigrants. But I don't feel sorry for the people in New York when the mayor, Mayor Adams, says, we're going to take care of these people despite that dirty Mr. Abbott, that Mr. Abbott down in Texas. So we looked at all the people in New York that are going to take care of the migrants, immigrants, invaders, and we see that they have a lot of help. I don't feel that bad for the people who are taking care of the immigrants, invaders, migrants. I don't feel that bad. We have plenty of resources. One of them in New York City, New York Immigration Coalition. Now, we've got hundreds. In fact, that's the point of today. We're wondering where these people go. Who feeds them? Who dresses them? Who educates them? And who brings in their mamas? Because they're not just alone. Mostly males. If you've seen the Slim Jim, people coming off these buses all over these cities. They look like they're military-age men, which gets me a little suspicious, much more than during the Obama years when they had families. And, of course, the cages, the cages with the mamas being separated from the kiddies. These are mostly men, as if they were the alternate army of the countries that are leaving. So the countries that are taking over, actually the people taking over the countries, could be more cartel-oriented than ever before. Imagine the president of Guatemala is a member of the cartel. It might be soon. New York Immigration Coalition. So here's what the New York Immigration Coalition has to say. For the past month, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been playing a cruel and callous game with thousands of asylum seekers. That's another name. Are they all here for asylum? Of course. Do they all want asylum or are they migrants? See, migrants are people who actually, they work the fields, mostly mostly the fields, mostly agricultural, and they move on. Like Cesar Chavez, when I went to school in California, Cesar Chavez was organizing the union for the migrant workers. These people don't seem to be migrants because they have so many GMOs, non-NGMOs, and non-governmental organizations. And so there are hundreds and thousands of them. So when New York Immigration Coalition says that Abbott is playing a cruel and callous game, thousands of asylum seekers, by busing them from the border to New York City. So as the city struggles to meet the needs, the needs of new arrivals, these are sanctuary cities. Remember the sanctuary cities? What are these sanctuaries for? They're sanctuaries for illegals. That's what the name asylum originated from, the Asylum for Illegally Arrived People. So as the city struggles to meet the needs of new arrivals, the NYIC, New York Immigration Coalition, has stepped in to welcome them to New York. So they want you to support their efforts to welcome asylum seekers with dignity. Is that meaning you have to have dignity? So if you accept them with dignity, do they have to have the... See, they're really trying to have dignified people come here. Or else we have to be dignified by welcoming the asylum seekers or the invaders. So when we see the New York buses, or the DC buses or the Chicago buses, it's New York... City, Chicago and DC, saying that it's government Abbott's fault. I'm trying to compute this, Slim Jim. I I went to a, I did a lot of schooling. I did a lot of schooling and I'm trying to figure out how it's the fault of the governor who's receiving the migrants, asylum seekers, immigrants, and invaders. How is it his fault? We're wondering. So I'm looking at some of the the people who are accommodating, accommodating the asylum seekers, the immigrants, the migrants and the invaders. And it turns out that there are people that we're very familiar with. We mentioned the Catholic Charities the last time. That was mostly done in Texas. but now I'm looking at New York City and the people helping out, the migrant invaders, the asylum seekers, and the immigrants. One of them turns out to be the YWCA. I'm looking at the YWCA in New York City. Now, their motto has changed since maybe your, your mama went there 100 years ago. No offense, Jim. Uh, But if your mama went to the YWCA back in the 40s or the 50s, it certainly didn't have the motto, eliminating racism, empowering women from the YWCA. Is that why they went to, I thought they just went to swim. Now, now they have immigrant and refugee services for, get this new word, grapefruiters, asylees. (laughs) Asylees. So if you're looking for asylum, then you're an asylee. So it's nice to have the YWCA in New York City um, helping out. So here's one of their mission statements, okay? YWCA has been at the front line of serving immigrants and refugees. Oh, the refugees, too. I forgot that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I forgot that one. Okay, so refugees, immigrants, asylum seekers, invaders, and cartel. Payers since the beginning of the 20th century, nationally, YWCA is listed on Ellis Island as being a welcoming organization, providing services to newly arrived immigrants, as well as providing some of the very first English language courses. Now, immigrants was a word which meant people who emigrated became immigrants almost automatically. When we were hungry for new bodies, we needed new bodies to, to make a new country. Uh, I think we're I think we're pretty filled up. We are. I mean, if you want more company for your country, then we should invite some more migrants, refugees, asylum seekers, and invaders. So this is a this is from the English language courses. of How about citizenship training? They do all kinds of stuff. I, here's one I remember from New Jersey. Make the road, New Jersey. Make the road. They have make the road, New York, make the road, New Jersey. So we're wondering if it's just the, the good hearts of these people that just want people to be accommodated, feel comfortable, be well-fed, have the right phones, the right shoes when they go about their business in their new country. Because this really is a function of a group called the National Partnership for New Americans. The National Partnership for New Americans. And one of these groups is Make the Road New Jersey. New Jersey has seen a significant progressive progressive gains in the last two cycles. So This, this invasion of these asylum seekers is really about Progressivism. So when you see that it was not just about having your big old heart be filled with joy when you see people from around the world exchanging their addresses for ours, because it was just want we just want to be fair. It really is progressive, progressive politics. This is the point, great fritters. This is not just welcoming people. This is welcoming voters. Making new voters. New voters, as in new Americans. Because it's not just Americans who can vote. It's new citizens. If you're a citizen, you can vote. If you're a new American, you're just getting a cable bill. So progressive gains in the last two cycles with strong grassroots works from our members and allies. In 2017, Governor Murphy resoundingly supported a progressive platform. So you see, this is actually political. It's a political thing. So then they go down to, in 2018, we helped flip three key congressional seats that were instrumental to Democrats reclaiming the House of Representatives. In 20, we made 30,000 calls, yada, yada, and 110,000 text messages to voters of color in key districts. I wonder how they figured that out. How would they know? <laughs> they certainly are digging for new Americans of color. All right, Governor Murphy. And so on the bottom of this support group pitch, we will also conduct strategic voter registration drives and assist in candidate recruitment to build a progressive pipeline. That's Make the Road New Jersey, and it's all across the country. Make Nevada, Make the Road Nevada, Make the Road New York, and all of these. So it's a partnership, new partnership for Americans, but it's also the progressive pipeline. So let me read something the mission statement from the National Partnership for New Americans. Our approach. We believe that our success as a nation is rooted in our ongoing commitment to welcoming and integrating newcomers into our society. The American dream. Is part of our nation's narrative. It's a story we've told ourselves that explains why we're here and what we're trying to achieve. In other words, the reason why we're here is to welcome new people into the country. (laughs) Are you getting the logic here? But for too many new Americans, the American dream is not the reality. Reaching back to America's earliest days, the American dream has been denied to those whose work made it possible indigenous people, slaves, and their descendants. So we're going back to slavery, going back to indigenous people, and now they make the connection. They connect all these dots to say that people who have been shut out of the American dream are unfortunately people who have been born elsewhere. Oh. Well, maybe they had the Portuguese dream. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the Kenyan dream didn't work out. The Spanish dream. It could be the Spanish dream. At NPNA, we believe in upholding equality, opportunity, and justice as fundamental American values. But it doesn't say for the whole globe. They misses that part. So they're inviting the whole globe to come here, and they want all the people around the globe, 360 degrees of globe, to have American values. We must effectively organize our constituencies to shape an integration agenda that is aligned with their interests. Are you following all this, Garble? Aligned so, with their interests. This is a poly sci this is a Rutgers University, Stanford University, Chicago, University of Chicago, Curriculum, that's what this is. Immigrant integration is and will continue to be critical to the nation's civic, cultural, economic vibrancy. And if I don't have some Congolese here soon, I'm just going to have a fit. Thanks for your support. This is all across the country. All across the country. But what got my attention to the Slim Jim is a Zoom call I missed. I missed the Zoom call. Actually, what they were asking for was zip codes. And I wasn't included in the zip code, so I didn't get to see the Zoom call on the National Partnership's 10 Best Practices for Engaging with Refugee Leaders. So the, these are just for the refugees, not the asylum seekers or the invaders or the new Americans, but the refugee leaders. Now, who can the refugee leaders be? That's why I'm looking at the partnership. Need the cartels, I'm looking guys? at exactly <laughs> my thoughts, Slim John, educated around the world we are, to figure out that maybe the cartels are the new refugee leaders. Who else could they be? So here's a guide for centering displaced people in policy advocacy. I'm going to say this slower, Grapefruiters, so we all understand the vocabularization of their guide for centering. Now, they're displaced people. They haven't been placed properly. They've been displaced. This could be displaced. For the displays. <laughs> there you go. In policy advocacy by the, by the National Partnership for New Americans. Okay, a guide. Now, for too long, I'm to, it's getting repetitive, but they have a lot of mission statements here. This sounds like somebody's doing a poli-sci paper for a community college in Idaho. They for, say enough words, though. They, hit it. they have a lot, lot of syllables, man. For too long, people have—check you know, out some of these words. For too long, people who have experienced displacement— have been absent from the policy tables and discussions that affect their lives. They've experienced displacement. So you're sitting in Kazakhstan. Do you feel like you have been displaced? No. I'm not quite sure where they what is just, I think what they're saying there is that if you walk across the Rio Grande that you should have a say in what happens to you I believe that's their implication yeah increasingly however advocates policymakers members of the media and others are more proactively collaborating I love those words with refugee leaders to inform and drive their work forward. To drive their work forward. Like a cattle. you yeah. like a cattle drive. This is a positive development, and ultimately it makes for more authentic and impactful work. But these engagements must be rooted in equal and meaningful partnership. So are, you, to you. are you following this, first? <laughs> Ten best practices below, identified by refugee leaders from our network, can help ensure that this collaboration is meaningful and not extractive. I love that. I, uh, Do I go, you think these people are intelligent enough to understand? What, what I don't know nice. what language they're going to interpret it into. So instead, refugee leaders, okay, the, the, let's identify the refugee leaders. They may be saying that they're people who are in this program for New Americans are the refugee leaders, but they may be refugees themselves. So how can the refugees themselves be leaders of the refugees that we're trying to instruct to be leaders? Refugee leaders are experts in their lived experiences and their fields. They are also more than their trauma stories. It is important to allow their perspectives and experiences to inform your policy, advocacy, research, and decision-making rather than simply using their stories to move your agenda forward. What we get into here, grapefruiters, is they're advising the people that are coming across the borders how to shut up. (laughs) Let Let them tell a little story, but don't let them tell too many stories because when they see somebody from the from ICE or from National Home, Homeland Security, don't let them blabber on that they just came here for money. Right. I mean, if they admitted what they're really here for, they might be turned around. Well, it depends on whether. Whose boundaries are we respecting? The bound, respect boundaries of the refugees because the refugees are here and they're culturally mm, alienated. And so we have to be aware of nonverbal cues And approach your requests with cultural humility. We must have humility for the people who just crossed our border illegally. Are we understanding this? Storytelling, blah, blah, blah. Focus on the now versus then. Refugees are more than just their trauma stories. Create a space where refugees are able to share their successes, accomplishments, contributions, and the different parts of their identities. Just walked a thousand miles to get here. That's quite an accomplishment. (laughs) Including who they are now and not just... During their experience with displacement, this displacement, when we say the displacement, what the replacement theory, very, very close to the displacement. Refugees should not feel like they have to share their trauma stories in order to make a change or in order to have the support of their communities. Their communities being the people that just walked a thousand miles with who may have been from from, from Pakistan, Guatemala, what well, it could be from Istanbul. So refugees... Don't be telling too much. Check in on their safety and make sure they're safe from us. Make sure the refugees are safe from the Americans who are looking at them with cross-eyed, what are you doing in my backyard? 1,500 people. Mm. Can we have enough cheeseburgers to get these people fed? I get informed consent, yada, yada. Create an accessible space for sharing. Now, this is a vocabulary test. Before you work with refugee leaders, ask what accommodations they need to participate. (laughs) Do we understand this? Participate. This is the Zoom call that I missed, and this is the guide. The ten, the ten things you do, Ten best practices. Every new monumental revolution needs practices. Ten best practices. So create an accessible space for sharing. This may include conducting your interview in a private setting, arranging for an interpreter, or making other adjustments for time or accessibility. I'm I'm convinced that they want to do it in an air conditioning comfort. Yeah. I'm kidding. With new shoes. Yeah. I, and and what's the new phone coming out? Uh, iPhone 14. iPhone 14. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want nothing less than that. Keep in mind that refugee leaders who do not work in the advocacy or media space full-time have other roles to fulfill. As you invite them to engage, consider offering times that take these other roles and responsibilities into consideration. Now, hold on, Gravers. The most convenient times are generally outside of the 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock workday. For the new people who are what not... What are they doing? What, what is their job? What is the new job? They just crossed the border, but you have to have a convenient time to do an interview in air-conditioned comfort outside of the 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock workday. Also ensure that any supporting documents, policy guides, or memos that accompany your engagement are able to be clearly understood in whatever language they may choose. Do you remember the story I, I told you once, Jim? And it's, it's, I heard it. I heard it, and I, I didn't check it out. I, I need to check this out. In Connecticut, a man was convicted. Of, he was on trial. On trial for sexual assault. I believe it was a rape. And I believe he was from uh, some tribe in Africa, a small tribe. And so the, the language that he spoke was spoken by so few people that they didn't have an interpreter, a proper interpreter, in the courtroom in Connecticut. We could probably look this up. And when the, the lawyer said, you know, we have to go to a to small country uh, Djibouti in Africa and said we well, have to find people who speak that language so we can continue with the with the trial so they actually flew to Africa, came back and they said, you know, we couldn't find any more of these tribesmen, I think they all split they split we couldn't find any so the he says, I, I, I asked for a mistrial nobody can speak this guy's language judge says, mistrial, you're free to go and the guy turns to Irving and says you did it again, buddy You did it again. So we need to be the right language. Have the right language for them. Please, the opportunity for development opportunities need to be provided. Provide compensation when appropriate. Now, listen, this gets really good. If it hasn't been so good. Provide compensation for the interviews you're giving to the new refugees. Or are they invaders? Are they asylum seekers? The migrants? You may be able to pay them. We can pay the new immigrants honorariums, stipends, or reimbursements in advance, and think through how payments will be processed. We can pay them. We can pay them to come here and be interviewed. That's their first payment. Then they get more pay as they go on. higher. Here it is, hire refugee leaders. Give them jobs. Wait a minute. Before working with refugee leaders, look within your own organization. Do you have people who have experienced displacement on your staff? So maybe the people who are in all these groups, and I'm going to name some of these groups, if we have time, name some of these groups that are paying these people for interviews, not just to come here, but just for, the, just for the interview. So if you're worried about these immigrants, refugee seekers, asylum seekers, invaders, not having enough support, consider all the people that support all this, the NGOs, non-government organizations that support immigrant and refugee rights. Tennessee, Tennessee, the Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. In Arizona, Advancing Justice in Arizona. We've got Advancing Justice in Chicago, in Atlanta. How about in Maine? up in Maine, they've got the Lobster People's Resource Center. It doesn't say lobster. Maine People's Resource Center for Make the Road, Nevada, too. We've got Mass- Michigan, Michigan United for Justice and Dignity. We've got people all over the North Carolina, Asian Americans together. We've got it all covered. So if you're afraid these people aren't being taken care of, you have another thing coming. What I call it, I'm not sure Slim Jim calls it this, but I call it, the Soft Invasion. So if you feel like you need more company in our country, and you feel these people don't have enough welcoming in their blood, then you can feel free to donate to all these people, including a national partnership for new Americans, or you can just realize how outrageous this border situation is. Joe, if you're listening to The Grapefruit Agenda, this is for you. This is Pete Norman granted Slim Jim. Squeeze another episode of The Grapefruit Agenda in. Whenever you can.